Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Com C. Barry. We're going to have a dueling questions episode. I don't know what he's going to ask. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask. We're going to go back and forth for 15 minutes. And so thanks, for Barry, for being on the show. But thanks to my other sponsors, not just Com C, Barry's employer, but Beckett Media, Beckett Rating, Beckett Authentication, Topps Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, and Burbank Sports Cards. Again, all excellent sponsors. But we're going to be talking to Comp C. Barry today. So, Barry, welcome to the show and hit me with your first question. Thank you. All right. My first question. So I, I would like you to answer in terms of hockey, but I welcome answers in other sports, too. But is during the times where you're publishing the, the, the monthly Beckett's, what insert sets were you surprised at in terms of not being what it's true worth? Okay. I've never been asked that question before. And it applies to all the sports. Thank you, Barry. I could answer that in terms of at the time and then in hindsight. At the time, we meticulously tried to figure out what cards we're selling for of some of those inserts, if they're one per pack or one per box or one per case. And so the early pricing on those, we would report those. And I look back, and I think especially if you go back 25 years, the prices now look insanely cheap for the stuff that was really difficult. I wish I could say that back in the day, I thought they were insanely cheap, but I I didn't. It's just what they were selling for. But as we've seen now with hockey, especially basketball and football, baseball, all of them, those very difficult inserts, those very difficult parallels, the easy stuff has stayed easy and the hard stuff has gotten harder. That's the problem with doing a printed price guide that it's there for people to read that back in 1995 or 2005 or 85, those were the prices that we reported at that time. Everybody says, I, I wish I could just go back and buy those. The problem was, not sure this is what you're getting at, but it was hard to find those cards. So that they were very thinly traded on the tough ones. When they were really tough, when they first came out, think how tough they are now. And that applies to hockey as well. In fact, hockey on some of those, there's probably an opportunity for still a buy on some of those very tough inserts for Gretzky, Lemieux, the big stars of the 90s, let's say, the, the golden age of inserts, the kind of the mid, late 90s. Okay, that's question one. My question for you, Comcy Barry, what is your personal goal for 2021? And that could be for you personally or for Comcy Canada or ComC in general, but because this is hobby related. So what's either a skill you're trying to develop or a capability you want your group to come up with, but what's a goal, something you want to happen related to you or Canadian ComC or ComC in general for 2021? Because it's going to be a big year, I think. I'll speak for ComC Canada. And my goal for 2021 is first and foremost, have the employees who are working here stay safe throughout the year. Uh, And number two, we have to find a way to balance that and build up our employee staffing because we are barely keeping up on things. We're not in the best position. We need to be, we need to be well-staffed because once everything gets back to normal, I I anticipate there's going to be even heavier workload. So we need to be ready. We're diligently hiring right now. It's just a matter of fitting everybody in and and keeping everyone safe. And I'm not looking too overly too much at at strategizing how everyone will fit in, but at least we're, we have to, once we bring someone in, we'll figure out how how that works and we'll continue doing that as time goes on and build up our infrastructure continuously throughout the year. Excellent answer. And I look forward to that happening. I think it will. Barry, your turn, your question now. Okay. So it's been mentioned on many news outlets in, in the past that kids growing up on social media would not be interested in cards. 
they would rather rather have famous people respond to them on Twitter and on Instagram. We're seeing a resurgence in, in cards, which is something that it con- contradicts what these media sources have predicted. Why do you think there's a, a resurgence in cards, especially for, for younger kids or for, for people growing up during, in the social media generation? Excellent question. I think in the way you asked the question, let me fashion the answer this way. I think kids are seeing that it, it can be best of both worlds. There's a social media aspect to collecting, but there's the physicality of the card that you can hold in your hand, that you can show to somebody. You can also picture it. I think most bragging rights of cards is now not in person. It's social media. It's Instagram. It's Twitter. It's showing people what you have, and that is not letting them touch it. It's doing a picture of it. And uh, the other aspect of the question is we've redefined what a celebrity is. <laughs> a celebrity does anybody has a following. So it can be an influencer. And so there are a number of influencers and quote unquote celebrities that are interested in cards. And uh, if cards were purely virtual, purely digital, I don't think society's ready for that. But as I said, the most frequent sharing of your collection is a virtual or digital sharing. So it's the confluence of those two things, Barry. And I I just think the younger people, which now I define to be anybody younger than me, (laughs) understands that the digital aspects are here to stay, but we live in a physical world. I want it to be best of both worlds. And it looks like it's heading that way. Excellent question. Again, the the ComC business proposition is that people are going to want to buy physical cards and have them shipped. On the other hand, the vaults that people have, they can own the card, but not have it. It's there to say, I've got it, but I don't have it here. I can say, I, I have these cards, but I don't have them, but you could check my account on ComC. Okay, a silver lining for COVID. These episodes in 2021, when COVID is still around, and it looks like I'm looking forward to meeting you in Toronto in May, but at this point, I'm not sure there's going to be a, a, a real live expo in uh, Toronto in, in May, but if there is, I'm looking forward to being there and seeing some of my Canadian friends. But if COVID is still around, that's bad. So what's the silver lining right now? And if things keep going, you're a strategic thinker. How are you preparing for that eventuality that it doesn't get better immediately? So how are you making lemonade out of the lemons in, in your corner of the ComC world, which is strategically important? you got a whole country of Canada that still wants to collect cards, even though there's social distancing and things like that. So what's the silver lining? The silver lining is, I'll borrow part of my earlier answer in that we're building the infrastructure because the industry is booming and business is going well here. So we need to uh, be in lockstep with with that and put ourselves in a position to provide the best service we can. In the meantime, if there's no shows, we as human beings are very good at, at adapting. We're anticipating that there'll be another virtual show based upon the, the, the current situation. We're looking towards making improvements on that. From the virtual show in November, I have a whole list of probably 30 or 40 things that we can do better for the next show. So we're looking to put those into place. I think it's all about attention to detail and continuous improvement. You have to look at both to develop something that's really refined. And I, I shared the sentiment with my colleagues is that if you, sh- it's well known, if you, if you shoot for the stars, you can land on the moon. So that's the concept. We want to aim high in terms of doing the best show we can. And I know it's chaotic in the back end, but we did, it, from the public's view, we did produce a very good show and we want that to be even better. We just continue to put ourselves out there and to the best of our ability and make ComC like 24-7. You can go to the site and shop, but during the expo, come and have some fun with us. Before we leave that and you have your question for me, I was wondering if you were going to say a silver lining is that ComC has been the beneficiary of increased traffic because there aren't very many shows, any live shows. LCS, local card shops have some restrictions. People are sheltered in place. 
So I, I believe that Comp C has been the beneficiary. They're not going to gloat about that, but people have changed their habits and the way they buy cards. I think more people have gone to Comp C and you don't want it to be under those circumstances, but I, I bet that's been a silver lining. You are correct. I, I wasn't necessarily thinking on that track, but you are absolutely correct. The industry shifting and, and uh, Comp C, uh, like we're saying, Barry, you've got to be prepared with the infrastructure for perhaps even further growth. Okay. Last question. Okay. What's retirement like for you? <laughs> and is there something that you're doing uh, today that you didn't think you would be doing when at, when you were thinking about retiring? I didn't think I was going to do a podcast, Barry. <laughs> I think when I retired, which is now 16 years ago, almost, I guess there maybe were podcasts, but I wasn't familiar with them. But early on, I started listening to podcasts. And about five or six years ago, at one of the hobby dinners I had, I started thinking about that. And then a few years ago, I floated it with some of the the guys I respect in the industry and said, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a podcast because I still want to be retired, but I don't want to be retired with nothing to do. Most people that retire, they know what they're retiring from, but they don't know what they're retiring to. And so I'm pretty active as a pro bono consultant and I have as many meetings as I want to have, but the podcast has been you know, a, a positive development to get me back into the, into not day to day. Again, I'm still at best semi-retired. I think to be retired, you have to have no money coming in, check, <laughs> except a little bit from ComC. And it needs to be less than 20 hours a week, or it needs to be something that's on the order of a hobby. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm available for my friends, I'm active in the community and uh, enjoying the hobby. And I had no idea, Barry, that it would unfold like this. In fact, the last year and a half of doing the podcast has reconnected me with some of my old teammates. And it's talking about a silver lining. My original thought on the podcast would be that I would go to some of the big shows and talk to some of the big dealers and interview some of my sponsors. And a lot of that would be in person. And there's a lot of people live in Dallas or come through. And then when COVID hit, it became a Zoom podcast where I'm uh, connecting with people, which means I can talk to people all over the world as long as we schedule it. And that's actually made it more fun. So I, I didn't realize at the time that it would be something that I would enjoy. I've had a number of ComC guests. My number one guest of all time, obviously, Rich Klein, yeah. who is uh, obviously a big fan of ComC as well. So yeah, retirement means, yeah, I I'm not regretting it. I, I see what's going on in the industry. And I think it's better for me to be an elder statesman. You look up and then you look at your driver's license, you say, wait a minute, I'm old now. <laughs> and then you say, but I, I want to be useful. I want to be helpful. I think this is the greatest hobby in the world. And if I can help promote it, which I think this is one of the, the goals to, to make the hobby more understandable, to try to help people avoid some of the pitfalls that new people can fall into and just promote the fact that, that this is a, a super hobby. And so when I went around looking for who I'd want to have sponsors for my podcast, I wanted sponsors that I could stand behind that I knew personally, or that I thought if I recommend this to somebody, are they going to have a good experience? And uh, I think ComC has been uh, a real positive of that. And frankly, it helps me in the podcast when, when I'm talking about Kevin Green, after he passes away, I had noticed if I didn't read the paper, I would have known that something was up with Kevin Green because when he passed away, I had a little flurry of sales uh, on ComC, which is you know sad, but it just shows that ComC is finger on the pulse of what's going on. So thanks, Barry. Thanks, uh, listeners, for indulging us for another 15 minutes. Barry, I really enjoyed it. Wish you the best in your uh, ComC endeavors. Look forward to having a big 2021 as well. We'll uh, talk again at some point, find out uh, if uh, what we talked about came true. So thanks, ComC Barry. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards.
Dollar.